Welcome to the Money Answer Show with host Jordan Goodman. Whether you are starting out, deep into your retirement, or somewhere in between, the Money Answer Show has the know-how to help you. Now here's your host, Jordan Goodman. Welcome to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Roger Whitney. He is known as the Retirement Answer Man. Uh, He's the CEO at WWK Wealth Advisors, which is based in Fort Worth, Texas. Welcome to the Money Answer Show, Roger. Jordan, it's great to be here. Let's start with a little bit of your background and how you became the Retirement Answer Man. (laughs) Well, I've been in the financial advice business for about 25 years. Uh, started a major firm, and then my partners and I went independent maybe 13 years ago. And over the last five or six years, I've really focused in on this decision of how do we know when we can retire and what goes into that, because that tends to be the most stressful time in someone's financial life, Uh, which started me to host my own podcast and start writing on the subject to really figure out what goes into what a modern retiree looks like. So that's how I became the retirement answer man. Is answer man was self-defining myself to make myself step up my game and really focus on this one area. So tell us about your podcast and what books have you written? How can people get them? Uh, well, my podcast is the retirement answer man, where I answer questions from listeners and really noodle on the issues that I'm dealing with, with clients that I'm walking that, uh, that journey into retirement uh, and you can find that on iTunes, and it comes out weekly, and I've been doing that for about two years. And then my first book is scheduled to come out in January. So uh, the title is still up in the air, but right now it's uh, focused on what this means to be a modern retiree, which well, I guess we're going to talk about here in a few minutes. Yes. All right, so let's kind of start with a broad view of American retirement. Um, what are some of the numbers and number of people retiring and and are a lot of people getting to retirement age well prepared for it a lot of people not prepared kind of give me a broad view of americans as they enter retirement these days well as we've seen a lot in the press you know baby boomers are just now entering that retirement phase of their life and that tends to dominate the conversation because the baby boomer generation is uh such a dominant force in in, in, in our country from a demographic perspective. And what we're finding is that most of them feel totally unprepared for retirement. And retirement is a huge stressor on, um, uh, in most people's lives. I mean, statistically, most people have a little less, you know, just over $100,000 saved up for retirement. So we see a lot of articles every day that we're in this retirement crisis as all these baby boomers start to move into what is at least traditionally retirement age. I mean, how could this be? The financial industry has been talking about planning for retirement, saving for retirement for forever, basically. But, you know, the last 30 years or so, they've been saying, save, do the right things. Has has all that had many minimal effects? Well, I think what it is, Jordan, is that we're really in the middle of a, a grand experiment. So the baby boomer generation is really the first generation that, for the majority of them, are going to retire without a pension of some sort. Yeah. Uh, they, are the, they are the first generation whose primary savings vehicle for retirement wasn't corporate plans or pension plans, but it was more self-directed plans like 401ks and IRAs that put a lot of the owners on the individual rather than having forced savings within a pension plan that they never saw. So yeah. we're really, in, you know, so that is a big part of it. And the other part is that we've had so much prosperity and the rise of, you know, the, the flexibility of getting credit we're living lifestyles that are far outweigh what past generations have. So this is really a grand experiment. That Meaning the baby that people person- going into retirement today have more debt than their parents would have had. Yeah, they have more debt, or they are accustomed to uh, a, a, a much nicer lifestyle than their parents were, um, which costs money. Even if you're not in debt, the things that this generation likes to do are very different than their parents' generation. So it's a confluence of all these things coming together. Uh, in addition to not only are they responsible for their own retirement savings, but they are almost, a, at least they feel like, 100% uh, uh, relying on the 
public markets in terms of stocks, bonds to help give them the growth that they need. And there's a lot of issues around that as well. Now, there's been a lot of talk that the baby boom generation now starting to retire is going to inherit trillions of dollars from their parents who were kind of the Depression-era uh, people, um, and, and therefore they don't feel they need to retire because they, they don't need to save for retirement because they're going to get bailed out by mom and dad. Is that an inaccurate perception? Um, I, w- I would not use that as a retirement plan. I think it is. Um, in my practice, most clients, regardless of what generation, aren't very interested in leaving a lot of money to the next generation. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as baby boomers that are planning, there are there are inheritances that you see more often than not, but they're, you know, it may be a trillion dollars in aggregate, but on an individual level, what a couple might receive is not going to be life-changing for the most part, especially because we're dealing with a lot of older, you mean even pre-baby boomers that have to deal with all the expenses that uh, have come up with long-term care and assisted living, where we're finding a lot of baby boomers are actually having to support their parents, much less get money from them. Yes, yes. So how is the retirement that baby boomers, who've always had a kind of very active lifestyle from the beginning on, how is their retirement going to be different from their parents' retirement? Well, and I think this is a really important concept to people for people to understand is, you know, think of park benches and playgrounds. You know, our parents, when they retired, they had a shorter lifespan. They were less connected to the world. And generally, they were retiring from more physical labor. They really were worn out when they retired. And retirement for them was... They were more interested in sitting on the park bench of life and watching life and rather than getting out there and participating. They were interested in maintaining their health and just nursing their aches, whereas today's baby boomers, and in many studies say this, they view retirement as their chance to finally live the life that they want. You know, they want to be out on the playground. They want to go travel. They want to experience things. They want to do activities. You see them surfing, you see them dancing, you see them hiking, you see, you know, travel. Whereas that is very different than what their parents were. But all those uh, things cost more, right? I mean, exactly. Nice they all cost all a lot more experiences, but these are not free things to go surfing and traveling and so on. So uh, you're saying that they need to have saved more to be able to finance a more active retirement than their parents who, who might have had lower expenses because they're not doing as much. Well, yeah, and, and their parents were much more, you know, they their hobbies tended to be working on their cars or building gardens, very close-knit, home-based type of activities, whereas what we're finding with the baby boomers is they are much more about outward experiences. They're, you know, they're, they're apt to want to go eat at new and different restaurants rather than cook at home. So you hit it on the head, Jordan. All these things, these experiential things that baby boomers are excited about in retirement, they just cost a lot more money than what our parents had to deal with. So on the financial side of that, does that mean that people who are not yet retired or in the 40s and 50s should put aside more than uh, their parents did, assuming they're going to be spending it more? And, And how much more? I mean, typically it's a certain number of times income or annual income, what are the new rules of how much people should be saving in order to finance that more active lifestyle? Well, well, that's that's a really important question. And and that goes to what is this modern retiree? Because unfortunately, I think the process that most people look at when they're approaching retirement tends to be only about saving and investing. You know, that's what we think about, right? When we think about planning for retirement. How much do we save and how much do we invest? Yeah. What is my number, right, Jordan? That's what we hear. What is right. what number do I have to hit? And the number approach and the savings and investing approach worked for our parents. It worked for our parents because it was easy to, easier to come up with a number because they weren't spending as much and they weren't living as long. For the modern retiree, my argument is that one-dimensional approach isn't going to 
meet the needs of most people. But as you were even saying, some parents are uh, running out of money and moving back with their kids. So, and that's the older generation. These are people who are not living a particularly active lifestyle, and they run out of money. How are the baby boomers going to finance this active lifestyle if they haven't saved even more than their parents, which it sounds in many cases they have not done so? Exactly. And I think one of the issues is, Jordan, is because it's focused only as a saving and investing solution, that that's why we read all the articles that we are in a crisis with retirement and that most people are very ill-prepared because we're only looking at it through the lens of a saving and investing approach. And I think if we want to actually have it, if, if someone's listening out there, you, Jordan, or me, want to really create a great life, and feel confident about tomorrow, we're going to have to start thinking beyond simply saving and investing. So what is the lens that people should be using that's more helpful uh, in this new age of retirement? So what, what I, what I, when I see successful modern retirees, what I see is that they take a much more broad approach to thinking about their life. So if we think about the standard retirement planning process, which people in my industry came up with, right, in the 80s and 90s. We traditionally have made our money by investing money for clients. So the process that we developed focused almost solely on it being a saving and investing issue. So it's, okay, Mr. Jones, this is how much money we project you're going to need to have. This is what we think you're going to be able to come up with. Here's the gap you are going to have to save a lot more or sacrifice your life. And that's how the formula ends up working out. So that ended up being two really poor decisions to a client. Okay, I'm either going to have to sacrifice more of my life right now to save to get to this fictitious number that you gave me, or I'm going to have to settle for less of a life later on. It's not a wonder that a lot of us didn't do a lot of planning. So what I found, yeah, I mean, yeah, okay, you know, two really poor choices aren't going to really motivate people to take control of their future. So, and part of the other problem with that, I think, Jordan, is just relying on investing and saving to to determine your retirement really takes all the power away from you, right? Yeah, you can keep throwing money at things, and if you don't get the returns, sorry, what do you do? So what, what I have found is what people value more than this idea of retirement, which is this date, is they value gaining more freedom in their life as they get older. You know, my, my daughter just graduated from high school yesterday, and I am now officially an empty nester. Uh-huh. <laughs> and my wife and I are already thinking about more thinking about us. You know, we've raised our children. They're going off to college. We're start, we already find ourselves thinking more about us again, rather than all these roles we had as being a father and mother and raising children and everything else. Yes. And I think what we value most and what I see is people just want more control and freedom over their time. They don't necessarily want to quote unquote retire. Does that make sense? Very good. All right, we're going to take a break. Uh, This is Jordan Goodman with the Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Roger Whitney. He's known as the Retirement Answer Man. Uh, His company is called WWK Wealth Advisors, based in Fort Worth, Texas. Uh, You can check out what he has at his website, which is rogerwhitney.com. We'll be back after this. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll-free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Bob Pritchard has over 30 years of experience as a straight-talking business consultant and author working with some of the top Fortune 500 companies. 
Now he's come to the Voice America Business Channel to help you and your business. Tune in to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show for information about starting and successfully running a profitable business. From the movers and shakers to great marketing screw-ups, you can't afford to miss a single edition of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. Leadership is a vital skill set in today's competitive global economy. Being a leader is not enough. To succeed, you must optimize your performance and know how to imbue others in your organization with leadership skills. Practical, actionable leadership insights are the focus of Leadership Development News, hosted each Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, by Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler on the Voice America Business Channel. Doctors Greenberg and Nadler, who coach global leaders on how to be most effective, will share their insights and contacts. The path to leadership excellence begins here. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Roger Whitney. He's known as the Retirement Answer Man. His firm is called WWK Wealth Advisors, of which he's the president in Fort Worth, Texas. Welcome back to the show, Roger. Hey, it's great to be here. So, uh, all the things we've been talking about saying you have to be rethinking retirement, both the financial part and what you're going to be doing in retirement. And you say that people have to have to create what you call the freedom factor. What do you mean by that? Well, every survey that I do with my audience on my podcast and when I talk with my clients, I ask them, you know, what is it about retirement that they're most excited about? And what I found is it's always freedom to control their schedule and having some independence in their life. You know, if you think about it, you know, since grade school, we've basically been employed in terms of going to the corporation, whether that was the school that we went to or the corporate corporation that we worked for or the corporation that we owned. And as we get it at get our family built and out of the house and independent. And we start to think internally. What I found is a lot of people really what they want is they just want to start to have some control over their schedule to be able to do things when they want to be able to do them. That's very different than our parents to go back to that example of they just wanted to get away from the grind and finally stop. Whereas baby boomers, people like you and I, Jordan, we just want to have more control over our life so we can get to go do the things that we're really excited about, which so is a very different thing. you need kind. to be planning in advance? Because, I mean, a lot of people, if they just work real hard and then they, they get the golden watch and they retire and they kind of retire into a vacuum uh, without anything planned, that can be a, a difficult process for a lot of people, I would assume. Yeah, that, well, that's where it does take a lot of forethought and intentionality about it. And that's why... I think the normal planning process doesn't facilitate that where it can be dangerous because what ends up happening is we end up when we, we rush out of something and we are trying to run away from something when we t- retire and we don't spend really much time of what exactly we're running to. And then we get there and we take away the pain from the over the overwork or whatever it was. And then we get into retirement and then after a year or so we're, we're lost because we never really thought about what is it we're going, we're retiring to. So that's where a lot of the time needs to be spent is what am I going to do when I retire? If so I'm going to be living. About, you talk about the glide path, uh, that retirement is a glide path towards freedom. So how can you plan out a glide path in the best possible way? Not only that, what you're going to be doing, but how you can finance it. So here's how I think, here's how I think about this in a much more multidimensional way. And the way we plan with a lot of clients is I think of retirement as a, it's not a date, it's a relationship, right? And the relationship starts in stage one, when you become empty nesters, when you start to focus on yourself or yourself as a couple, when you've raised your children and that's stage one, where it's really all about you and During that stage, if you're really intentional about it, what you can do is start to simplify your financial life, 
simplify the overhead of your life after you've collected all of these things to build this household for this huge family, you can really right size your financial life. And while you're still working in your traditional job, you can start to noodle on what type of work might I be able to do more independently that can help provide for my family lifestyle, but I can gain more control of my time. And that might not be in a traditional role at a corporation. You know, if we, most of us in a corporation, if we're working, we're always working for that next promotion. It could be going the other direction, taking a little less money, but being able to have some flexibility in how you work. So this stage one, where it's all about you, can last anywhere from one to four years where you're really right-sizing your financial life from a spending standpoint, and you're noodling on how you can earn a living but gain more of your time and your schedule back. So that's the first stage of this modern retiree that people go through. And then you say the next stage is starting to glide. So the point is you're, you're doing some of these activities while you're still working. So by the time you do retire, you're already kind of up and running. Is that the idea? Exactly. So stage two is once you've right-sized your financial life and simplified your life because it's just the two of you or you're by yourself now, and you've figured out some things that you can do to earn money but, but gain more freedom in your schedule, and these are things that we've done with clients, then stage two is you leave the traditional corporate job and you work, but more on your own terms from a schedule standpoint, and you're earning income that's covering, if not all, most of your living expenses. So you're, you're probably making less than you did traditionally, but a lot of times you can do that from home, you can do it flexible schedule, and you gain more control over the time you have from a day-to-day -day living perspective. And that kind of stage, realistically, Jordan, can last five years to 20 years. So do you find that companies are more willing to do that kind of thing to, instead of just having somebody leave altogether, kind of phase them out, but, but still have the benefit of their experience and expertise and, and use them on a more part-time or virtual basis? Uh, it's happening more and more, and obviously it's a, uh, it depends on the type of work you're doing and whether it's yeah, it's physically you have to be there or not. But yes, because what corporations are experiencing is a brain a brain drain. They're getting their most experienced people leaving the workforce, and they're finding their most experienced people are expensive to keep on full time. But they still need the wisdom that's built up over the twenty, thirty years that someone's been in a particular profession. So what we find a lot of times is, and this is what we noodle on with them in stage one, is what are your core competencies? What wisdom have you built up, and how do we market that? Whether it's to your company, or how do we market that in a freelance basis to the entire to the entire world, theoretically because the barriers have broken down to being able to do those types of contract work. Uh, but yeah, because what you've built up, if you're in your 50s, and really regardless of what you've done, you have a lot of wisdom that a lot of corporations want to be able to tap into. I guess so. I mean, I hear both ways. I hear some companies, I hear other companies firing older people because they're more expensive and just hiring younger people, even though they might not be as good because they're cheaper and just taking care of and losing all that institutional memory. I do hear that too. Yeah, yeah, they definitely do. But the, the cool thing, Jordan, is that there are, because of the internet, there are resources online where you can actually formulate and offer yourself up on a contract basis and other companies can decide to tap in for work. And there are countless things that are coming up. As an example, I'll give you a couple examples. Uh, one is, it doesn't even have to be in your same industry. I had a lady once who just really enjoyed sewing. Um, and she had a cousin, I forget, I think it was a cousin, that managed some real estate property. And he had flags that were ripped. So he had her sew these flags because she enjoyed sewing. And it happened that he actually worked for a management company that managed 
multiple building projects here in the Dallas Fort Worth area and Texas, North Texas here, we are a very windy area. She worked herself into a position where she was making about $80,000 a year sewing flags from her home. Yeah. That was a very good good mix for both. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. I mean, that, that was a perfect situation, but I think the key here is you're right. You may not be able to find it, but I think from a planning perspective, this is where the intentionality comes from because one big key to the retirement crisis is to acknowledge that, hey, I'm going to work longer than my parents did, but I'm just going to do it with more flexibility so I'm not doing the nine to five grind. And it's that intentionality of how do you find that? And it can take a lot of planning, forethought, but it's worth it if it helps solve that retirement crisis. So what are some of the resources? Maybe just give me a website or two that people can go to to do exactly what we talked about, find work, uh, you know, kind of part-time through companies, uh, valuing people's uh, experience and age. Definitely. I'll have to pull one up. I had a gentleman on my podcast about two weeks ago where we went through a whole slew of them, uh, and I don't have it here in front of me. So I don't have uh, – well, here's, here's a few. So you have TaskRabbit which is a great idea. And this is a, a, a perfect example with my father-in-law, who is, he was a 30-year GM blue-collar worker. And for the longest time in retirement, he just went up and down the neighborhood fixing people's stuff because he was bored and he wanted to do something. But now there are these sites called TaskRabbit where you can find somebody to fix anything. You can just find a handyman. So if you're not a white collar worker with some consulting background, you can still offer your service up to serve your neighborhood and earn money. Or there's places like wiseant.com where you can become a tutor and a teacher and be matched up. So it's this, it's this sharing economy where you can match people together with services and skills without much overhead. Yeah, yeah, there's another one called elance.com where you can kind of be a freelancer. Elance.com, so. upwork.com, 99designs.com if you have, you know, creative bents. Yeah, very good the, stuff, the, very good stuff. Okay, we're going to take another break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman with The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Roger Whitney. Uh, he's known as the Retirement Answer Man. Uh, his company is called WWK Wealth Advisors based in Fort Worth, Texas of which he's the president. You can find out more at his website, rogerwhitney.com. We'll be back after this. Stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now toll-free, 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Capital Thinking takes you inside the worlds of policy, politics, law, and business. What happens in government, the legal arena, and the business world impacts your business every day. And we're going to take you on a behind-the-scenes tour of it all. Each week, we'll bring you unfiltered conversation with a variety of influential policymakers and leaders. Squire Patton Boggs will be your guide as Capital Thinking tours the halls of power. Join us for Capital Thinking on the Voice America Business Channel each Thursday at noon Eastern and 9 a.m. Pacific Time. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus, topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Roger Whitney. He's known as the Retirement Answer Man. 
He's the president of WWK Wealth Advisors based in Fort Worth, Texas. His website, rogerwhitney.com. Thanks and glad to be back on the show, Roger. Good to be here. So let's talk. We've talked a lot about the lifestyle of kind of planning for it, the glide path, and all that. So now let's talk about the financial aspect of this. So say, in the best of all worlds, you've done it right and you've accumulated a decent amount of money, whatever that might be. Uh, but you're in an environment today where if you keep it safe and you keep it in CDs and money market funds and treasury bills, you're going to get zero pretty much. It looks like it's going to stay that way for a long time. So what do you advise clients uh, who want to earn interest off their money uh, and, and have their principal be relatively safe? What, what should they do to generate income in this environment today? Well, <laughs> that is the... One billion dollar question, I, th I think it is now. What do you do when the risk-free rate of return is zero, then right. basically? You know, the, right. you know, to, to not take risk, you're getting zero or maybe going back if you think about inflation. Well, I think the first thing to think about is changing your mindset. And I think this is very difficult for people. Changing your mindset from wealth accumulation or wealth maximization to life maximization. And when you're in your early stages of retirement, I'm sorry, I'm getting to be back there. When you're in your early stages of retirement, we're so used to accumulating assets and looking for growth, growth, interest, and interest that we stay, stay in that mindset. And we, a lot of times, end up being too aggressive when we transition to retirement. When you talk to most people in retirement, they're thinking about maximizing their lifestyle and not having their lifestyle blow up more than they are about ma maximizing their So are you basically saying that people should be planning to spend down their principal if they, if they want to keep it safe and they can't earn much interest on it, that they should assume, just as they were accumulating capital over time, that in retirement they should be spending their capital over time. Is that what you're saying? Well, what I, what I think they need to do is they need to approach how they build their portfolio from a minimum effective dose when it comes to risk. You know, if we take investment risk, which is technically the, you know, the volatility of money's moving up and down with the markets or with any asset class, whether that's real estate or private lending, those, the value of those assets will go up and down by, by a certain uh, volatility over time. We want, it's much more important to have consistency in returns than it is to have a great average return when we're in our retirement phase because when we have big drawdowns, you know, like a 2007, 2008, and you're taking money from your assets to feed your lifestyle, that is a perfect storm to really blow up your financial situation because of the, the, the math of trying to gain from losses. So I think we got to make sure we're taking a lot less risk than most people think they need to take. But in order to do that, you've got to have a lot of money put aside because if you have no return on it, you've got to have a lot of principal that you're going to go through for 30 years or a long period of time. Exactly. Exactly. It's not, that's, that is part of the problem. And, and I, my fear is Jordan, and I'm happy to hear your, your thoughts on this too, is, most people are in a position that they are reliant on getting returns for their plan to work. Yeah. And if the returns don't work out, they're in really bad situation. That is a horrible position to be in. And um, the problem is that's like going to Vegas and having to be relying on hitting the numbers for you to be able to pay your bills. Yeah. The math just doesn't always work that way because we can't predict what's going to happen in the future. I mean, not everybody uh, leaves Vegas having won. Is that what you're saying? Exactly. And, and we don't <laughs> know going in whether we're going to have 10 years of flat returns or 10 years of fantastic returns, regardless of the political and situation and economic situation. We really don't know. So let's so, bring it to, to a client of yours. So a client comes to, I'm making up a number, with $500,000, and they say, I'm going to live another 30 years. And wh how do you advise them, and what do you do with them to have that money, you know, provide a decent lifestyle and, and uh, generate a return with minimal risk? What, what would you do with it, somebody in that circumstance? Yeah, so what we do is, assuming a client is drawing money now, so rather than look at it from a interest, what kind of interest am I getting 
so I can go spend that interest. You know, the coupon clipping like our parents used to think about. We think about things in a total return perspective. So if we have a client, let's say he has half a million dollars and we know he's going to take out, say, $30,000 for the year, we're going to have at least two years cash as cash reserves to cover the money that he's going to be taking out. And we're going to build buffers. So any money that is actually invested will always have a time frame of at least four years. That's going to give whatever asset classes that we invest in time to actually be able to work because we don't want to have to sell assets at the wrong time. So that's step one. And I think that's very important. Once we build up those cash cushions, what do you do with the rest of those monies? And you hit on it. I think getting some type of interest and dividend is extremely important because, historically speaking, a good portion of the total return on any type of investment comes from the interest and dividends being thrown off of that portfolio. And that's going to make up a lot of different assets from, unfortunately, in fixed income, there really isn't any place to go in the public markets, but there are great companies that have growing dividends. There are things like master limited partnerships that are shares in in pipelines that throw off a lot of interest that own infrastructure that can be part of that solution. So, so okay, so you've got MLPs. Uh, how about real estate investment trusts? What, what are some other options you would use that are relatively safe to provide some decent income these days? Well, I'm, I'm a, you know, relatively safe is a difficult term for, for someone like me because it's all relative to the person's time frame, right? Yeah. So my, uh, my, my view when you're building a portfolio is get the cash reserves so we're dealing with long-term money. So if the money is not meant to be invested for four to five years, it shouldn't be invested in my view mm-hmm. because the, the statistically, you just don't know what you're going to get. And then... From there, you want to have, you just want to participate in the world markets in things that are throwing off income. Does real real estate investment trusts throw off great income? And you can do that very inexpensively and in a diversified way. The same thing with infrastructure companies like master limited partnerships. In the fixed income area, you have things like senior, senior secure debt that float where if interest rates go up, their interest that they pay can go up as well. There's some credit risk there. But you want to build a building block. So what I find most people do, which I do not agree with, is they look for individual things that seem attractive and they just collect them in a willy-nilly sort of way without a process in place. And they all have to be able to work together. And that's what you are doing is a process to put all this together in, in a strategy, basically. Yeah, for me, with I use checklists for everything. So everything goes through the same exact process. And each client situation, that allows consistency of decision-making and allows for customization by having processes for everything. And that's probably the biggest thing I don't see in a lot of advisors, but also from an individual client basis is they see an investment, it looks like a great idea, so they just throw it in there, and then they see another investment, it looks like a great idea, and they throw it in there, and they don't really see how they all work together. And it goes back to the clients that I work with. All they care about is maximizing their life, feeling safe that they're not going to blow themselves up from a lifestyle or financial perspective, and they want to be able to maintain that lifestyle. That's my benchmark. I don't really care what the S&P 500 or some other brand the benchmark might be doing. What, what do you feel about insurance-related products, such as annuities and index universal life? Uh, there's this whole bank-on-yourself idea. A lot of people are saying insurance is the, the way to grow your money tax-free and be good for retirement. You take it out tax-free. What, what is your use of insurance-related products in these areas? So when, here, here's, my, here's my view of that is, I'll, I'll, I'll take it from a nutritional aspect. Eat food, not food product. Anytime you manufacture something, the more manufactured something is, the more unintended consequences that you have as a result that you that you might not have been able to plan for. A lot of got you's in all of those contracts. Uh, the ingredients list is very difficult to understand, and they're going to cost a lot more. So I am not a big fan of using 
insurance-based products in planning, except for very special situations, mainly because they just cost a lot of money. And that is one of the bigger determinants of performance in most things. And most of the time, especially when you're in retirement, in today's interest rate environment, you're not getting compensated for all of that extra complexity and costs that are baked into these things. Uh Uh, So one of the reasons people recommend those is taxes. They say that taxes are going to go up in the future, and um, insurance-related products are one of the few ways to avoid, if not uh, minimize taxes. Is you, you don't think that's a, uh, enough of a reason to, to go into insurance to, to, because of all the complexity and fees involved? Yeah, I really don't. I think from a tax perspective, um, in terms of the deferral aspect, obviously I'm not a CPA, but we work closely with CPAs. From a deferral perspective, a lot of especially uh, annuities, they aren't that attractive from a tax perspective, even in the state planning, because they come out as taxable income. What I think is a better strategy, at least that I found in my years, is if you're dealing with after-tax money, you can make that very tax efficient just by managing the taxes, aware, you know, being aware when you're trading and rebalancing and building assets and how you manage a taxable portfolio. You can make those very tax efficient by neutralizing taxes from year to year, taking advantage of the lower capital gains. Whereas with annuities, you have very little flexibility to do those types of things. Yeah, very good. Okay, we're going to take a break. Uh, This is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Roger Whitney. Uh, He is known as the Retirement Answer Man. Uh, His firm is called WWK Wealth Advisors, based in Fort Worth, Texas. Uh, You can find out more about him and his retirement-oriented material at rogerwhitney.com. We'll be back after this. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. What if every day was a good day for business? Because every decision you made was the best choice. What if you could receive regular input from credible sources and could acquire all the precise information you need exactly when you need it so you can make the right decision every single time? Because There's More challenges you to make better decisions. Join Laura Ellis every Monday at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific, and 2 p.m. GMT on the Voice America Business Channel and learn how to think differently for better decisions, better business. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Roger Whitney. Uh, He's known as the Retirement Answer Man. His firm, WWK Wealth Advisors in Fort Worth, Texas. Welcome back to the show, Roger. It's good to be here. Good to so be here, Jordan. Let's kind of go through the day-to-day process uh, that you take people through uh, to plan uh, kind of this transition into retirement and to plan uh, the financial decisions they have to make uh, so that they don't run out of money. Wow, this is a you know this is really complicated stuff. If you think about the stuff we talked about at the beginning, in terms of all these phases of retirement, and then you know when we talk about investing. What a difficult situation it is to figure out what do we buy, how do we generate income, and make all of this work. It's a little overwhelming. Uh, 
in my mind, I, the approach that we take is, and literally with every new client, we sit down and have a very heart-to-heart discussion of letting them know that we have no clue what's going to happen in the future. Uh, whether that's in their life and how their life is going to unfold or whether it's in the markets and the economy and the polit- political situation, fundamentally, none of us have any clue what's going to happen. And I think most of us spend way too much time trying to figure that out. I think Wall Street as a whole puts their value on, hey, we are super smart and we have all these resources. We can tell you what's going to zig and zag in the future. Well, fundamentally, in my mind, that is unknowable. Fundamentally, it's unknowable. So I try not to spend too much time with clients handicapping the future. And and the reason is because we can't figure it out. And that leaves us, well, what do we do now? How do we manage and put all these pieces in place? In my mind, it's we have lots and lots of little conversations about the right things. And I think that's where the key is, Jordan, to how do you put all this stuff together. And since you might have two spouses, they may have different points of view about how to do this. So one's more aggressive, one's more conservative, one's more of a saver, one's more of a spender. How do you kind of, and now that they're going to spend more time together, if, if one of them has been working and is not going to be at home, how do you get that to go smoothly when those kind of different personalities uh, kind of inputting into the process here? Yeah, and that's an excellent point because bringing both spouses into the conversation at this point is really critical because typically one spouse handled it all. It was always delegated to either the husband or the wife and the other one wasn't really informed and having them have a positive discussion about money, as we know from studies, can be difficult. And the more involved each party is, the better that the conversations go. And the way that we do that is we have lots of little conversations about what are those fundamental needs that somebody has to have in retirement in terms of maintaining their lifestyle. And then what is the wishes that they want in their life to add some spice to their life? And then what are those aspirational things that people strive for? And the more we can get buy-in between all parties, the, the more we can actually start all rowing the same direction from a financial perspective. So I think that's an extremely important point because what can happen because we're living so long that, you know, if we're in our mid sixties and husband and wife are not on the same page and they're looking at another 30 years of living, that is a different calculus of, do I want to be with this person than it is for someone who may only think they're going to live for another five years or so. Yeah. So it's, are, are you it's finding important. that people who are retiring who do or doing well, they've got a decent amount of put aside are being called on to help their children and even grandchildren. I've been hearing people, uh, the, the parents are tapped out, and they want to, the, the kids want to tap the grandparents to help them with college and things like that. Are you seeing kind of an assault on people's retirement funds from the earlier generations? I definitely do. And I see, especially more from a kid to parents. So the parents retired and the children are even are living with the parent or asking for money or the parent out of good intentions are committing almost financial suicide because they want to help their children. So what do you do uh, in a case like that when that happens? You you battle it as much as you can. I mean, I literally worked with a client once to help evict her son from her house. <laughs> wow. And, <laughs> because he was a deadbeat and she needed help. So a lot of times the financial advisor will act as cover and act as the no person because it's very difficult to say no to your own children. Another, another for another way that you can do that. And I've seen spouses that do this for, uh, in estate planning is set up trusts, which will help protect the surviving spouse from themselves in terms of their generosity with their children. So you're saying sometimes it's possible to be too generous, really. Oh, very, very much so. And it's, you know, I think anybody that's been a parent, we want to help our kids and we always think that they're about to turn the corner. And sometimes it's very difficult to allow them to own their own problems. Mm-hmm. So I, we, we see that uh, a lot with adult children that are not self-sufficient. 
Yeah, like I, I talked about my 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 two children. They're not out, now out of high school, and I tell them very bluntly, my two goals for you is to be morally sound and financially independent. Beyond that, you have a life to build. Mm-hmm. Wow. So it's like this good cop, bad cop, and you you can play the bad cop routine. Right? Yeah, that's where a lot of times a financial advisor can help because then <laughs> right. they can they can divert who said no, right? Because it's too hard to do it on their own. Yes, yes. Uh, and and how about in estate planning? You probably do that as well, as far as giving gifts or giving uh, assets equally to kids or you know, favoring one over the other. Does that that cause a lot of problems? Uh, we don't see that cause a lot of problems. What's interesting though, when you're when you're talking with clients about giving money to kids, when you when you have the discussion of rather than leave your kids or your grandkids a pile of money, how can you think creatively to create, use that money that you would have given them just as cash as during your lifetime to create experiences that will last a lot longer? So as an example, we have a lot of clients where why don't giving them the financial comfort to realize, hey, you can go ahead and spend to take everybody on that cruise or to bring everybody together in a house in Destin so you can create memories together rather than just leave whatever is left over. So that's one value. If you go through a really prudent process, you realize, hey, I have some opportunities to use some of this money that I might have left at the end to create memories, which are really going to be a lot more meaningful to whoever receives them. Yes. Well, before we close, just tell people a little bit about some of the resources they can find at RogerWhitney.com to help them make all these decisions. Yeah, at RogerWhitney.com, in addition to the podcast, I have the Retirement Learning Center, where I have over 20 checklists and worksheets to help people make decisions in various parts of their financial life, whether it's choosing an assisted care living home or how do you build a net worth statement or how you do, do you create a budget that you can actually use. I any checklists I use in my practice, I try to post into that learning center so people can use them in their own life. Very good. So in summing up, just kind of take us through what difference it'll make in somebody's life to, to follow the advice you've given on planning for retirement, not only the financial, but kind of the glide path, as you call it, as opposed to the way a lot of people not planning for it and then kind of being thrust into it uh, without having planned for it. Tell us what difference it'll make in people's lives. Well, I, I, and I, I see this all the time. And each decision that we make in our life, we, we're trying to balance two things. If you think of a teeter-totter or a seesaw, on one end of the seesaw is tomorrow and our worry about making sure we're okay for tomorrow. But on the other end of that see- seesaw is having a great life today. So when we're making decisions, we're trying to balance how do we live as well as we can today and still feel confident that tomorrow is going to be okay. And it's this intentionality of having a really intentional process of making lots of decisions to where you can make sure that you don't miss the only life you have because you're so worried about tomorrow. And that's where I think the power of a really dynamic process comes in. Very good. Well, thanks so much. My guest this hour has been Roger Whitney. Uh, He's known as the Retirement Answer Man. Uh, His firm is called WWK Wealth Advisors based in Fort Worth, Texas. You can check out a lot of the resources he talked about at rogerwhitney.com. So thanks so much. I think we've learned a lot, Roger, on the Money Answer Show today. All right. You guys be well. Thank you. And we'll be back with another edition of the Money Answer Show next week. Goodbye for now. Thank you for joining Jordan Goodman and the Money Answer Show. If you have a question for Jordan, please visit his website at www.moneyanswers.com. And be sure to tune in every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time right here on Voice America Business. See you next week.